Marilena Titi's union with Soren Carpathia was based on anything but physical passion. Yes, they had had what the vulgar in the West would call a fling, but as his student and eventually his assistant at the University of Romania at Bucharest, Marilena had been drawn to Soren's intellect. The truth, she knew, was that there was little prepossessing about either of them. He was short and thin and wiry with a shock of curly red hair that, despite its thickness and his aversion to haircuts, could not camouflage the growing bald spot at his crown. She was thick and plain and eschewed makeup, nail polish and styling her black hair. Colleagues, who she was convinced had been wholly enculturated by outside influences, teased that her frumpy clothing and sensible shoes hearkened to previous centuries. They had long since abandoned trying to make her into something she could never be. Marlena was not blind. The mirror did not lie. No amount of paint or spritz would change her, inside or out. And inside was where she lived, physically and mentally. She would not have traded that for all the patrician the butcher could stuff. In recent decades, a tsunami of progress had transformed her quaint motherland from that with the lowest standard of living in Europe to a technological marvel. Marilena could have done without it all. She resided in the horn of plenty of her own prodigious mind, fertilized by an inexhaustible curiosity. Perhaps she had been born a century late. She loved that no other Eastern European nations traced their lineage to the ancient Romans, and while she knew that modern Romanian women looked dressed, spoke, danced, and acted like their Western icons, Marlena had resisted even the fitness craze that sent her peers biking, hiking, jogging, and climbing all over her native soil. Marlena knew what was out there, outside the book-lined, computer-laden two-room flat she shared with her husband of six years. But save for the occasional foray by bus, for reasons she could not now remember, she rarely felt compelled to travel farther than the university, where she too was now a professor of literature. That was a four-block walk to a ten-minute bus ride. Soren preferred his ancient bicycle, which he carried to his office upon arriving each day, and four floors up to their apartment upon his return, as if they had room for that. But hiding the bike reflected his mistrust of mankind, and Marlena could not argue. For all their decrying of religion, particularly branches that espoused innate sinfulness, everyone Marlena knew would have taken advantage of their best friends given the slightest chance— Everyone, perhaps, but the mysterious Russian emigre who ran the Tuesday night meetings in the anteroom at a local library. After several months of attending, Marlena had not yet formed an opinion of the thirty or so others who attended, but something deep within her resonated with Viviana Ivanisova. Ms. Ivanisova, a handsome, tailored woman in her mid-thirties, seemed to take to Marlena, too. Short, with salt-and-pepper hair, Viviana seemed to be speaking directly to Marlena while gazing at the others just enough to keep their attention. And sure enough, when the younger woman stayed after her twelfth meeting to ask a question, the leader asked if she cared to get a drink. 
With her load of books and folders gathered to her chest as she walked, Miss Ivanisova reminded Marlena of her university colleagues. But Viviana was no professor, bright as she was. This, she said, nodding to her pile of resources, is my full-time job. How delicious, Marlena thought. She herself had never imagined a cause more worthy than expanding one's mind. They found a nearly deserted bistro a block from Marlena's bus stop, were seated at a tiny round table, and Viviana wasted no time starting the conversation. Do you know the etymology of your name? Marlena felt herself redden. Bitter light, she said. Viviana nodded, holding her gaze. Marlena shrugged. I don't put any stock in... Oh, I do, Viviana said. I do indeed. Bitter, she said.